0: Greetings and welcome to cast episode 18, the Kill Team Teams tournament at Warhammer World. Today I'm joined by not just Charles, but also Alex, who I'll introduce in a second. But hello, Charles, how are you?
1: I am oh, not thanks.
0: And Alex, how are you?
1: I'm great, thank you.
0: <laughs> so if you're aware, you, you're, you guys obviously know who me and Charles are. We should, uh, you know, Charles is a reg- regular player and contributor to my stuff, but... Alex, can you tell us a bit about your Warhammer history <laughs> as well right. as Kill yeah. Team if you want? Of course I can. So, oh, you can talk about us as well if you want.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I met these these two back in a in a GW in Woodgreen back when I lived in London. Um, since then, I sort of stopped playing a lot of tabletop games for a bit of Blood Bowl and uh, moved towards Nottingham. So... Uh, yeah, when when I got uh, a message from you guys saying, "Do I want to come to a tournament?" I was I was actually buzzing.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you've been trying to catch us at events because we we keep forgetting you live really close to Nottingham. Exactly so... that,
1: like it's yeah. twenty minutes, and I'm there. Um, but kill team wise, I have. Before the tour, before you would message me, I oh, well, that would be event prep. Guilty. Don't worry,
0: we can we can we can leave that. But cool, I, you also played a lot of X Wing, right? Like yes, he played. It I for played
1: like four years. Ton of X Wing, um, and I, I I was relatively successful. I did all right. I went to the World Championships uh, in America, which that was that was also great fun. Um, just the the fact that. I, I already have a tactical background from X-Wing is, uh, is really what pushed me on in this tournament though, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, because like, we've been playing Warhammer for like 12 years, I think. Something yeah, crazy like that. Because we used to go to the Throne of Skull events. And like my favorite memory for you at that event was when you were playing Imperial Fists. And your opponent was pairing Pearl Fist. And we all came to your table and we were utterly confused. But then you also ended up confused with your opponent.
1: Yeah, that game was complete chaos because we had both done the same scrub thing of like paint our armies as quick as humanly possible. So we had used exactly the same techniques, which was like spray white and then wash yellow. The armies <laughs> looked identical. We had both taken the maximum amount of drop pods that we were allowed. So on turn one, there was maybe two models on the table. And then by turn two, it was absolute chaos. There was 18 drop pods across the board. And there was absolutely <laughs> no way to tell whose was whose because we had painted them so similar. So at, at one point, he definitely shot it, a last cannon at his own drop pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. Just um... good havoc. <laughs>
0: No, but Yeah, so you, you've been playing, even if it's not Warhammer, you've been playing competitively for a while, which is partly why we approached you, but more, more so because you were a friend. <laughs> but I guess uh, we'll talk about event prep now. This is actually something me and Charles did very, very little of, because if you were aware, uh, the reason there hasn't been many episodes of CritCast, there was supposed to be one in January, but effectively, or February, it's February, sorry, yeah. because me and Charles, we went to Aeronautica, isn't it, in February? Yes, yeah. Which you won.
2: Uh, yeah, I came first on that one. You came, was it third or fourth? Was it John? I came
0: fourth, fifth. I almost oh. came second. Because um, I basically, if I picked a defender, instead of the attacker in the final game, I would have won and came second. But I, for my first event, I was happy with just going a positive. Uh, speaking of positive, I ended up COVID positive. So uh, for two weeks... Uh, after the event, I wasn't working, and was like I had two weeks off for our practicing, and obviously I couldn't do anything. So we're going to practice Ooh. for two weeks. Then, yeah.
2: but we we the... spent we spent that time because um, we knew a little bit about the team event of like oh well we need to make sure we pit, like get our picks right, um, and we didn't realize how they were also doing the missions until it was the like the week before the event. Yeah. So our prep was not much playing, but more theory crafting.
0: Our, our biggest prep I would say was originally so we bought these tickets back in November then we only k- k- like solidified things mid-january because then we I was worried we'd go back into lockdown in January but it didn't happen um and we got a th- we got a different third who was playing the and then effectively a week before the tournament they dropped and we were it was past cutoff time. we didn't really want to refund. Uh, so our event prep was me desperately asking more people around. And then I was like, screw it. We'll just ask Alex because he's nearby. I I know he's a good player in general and he's a friend. So at least we'll have a laugh. Uh, and that was our event prep pretty much. Uh, I think hmm. Alex had the most event prep out of yep. us all. Would you like to talk about Alex?
1: Yeah, my event prep went a little bit like, luckily I, I had a, a couple of days holiday and a run up to it. So I had a little bit of time to uh to get stuff sorted so i decided to call the local gw and ask for an intro game for kill team so i went down to my local gw i had my intro game of kill team i then bought the kill team essentials pack went home and got the old man to to spray and, and dry brush some barriers packed a bag went to work and uh well yeah by the time uh I went out for dinner Friday night, in fact, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I actually arrived at Warhammer World late evening with a backpack with a couple of random templates, some barriers, and a couple of books that I had borrowed on the way. Um, and that's when I played my first actual game of Kill Team. Yeah,
0: because oh, uh... yeah, we turned up on the Friday the day before. Yeah. And like the events team report, like, kill team tables. So yeah, Alex had his first game on the Tuesday before the event. We were obviously talking him through everything, and then we properly taught him on the Friday as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was great fun to be honest. Uh, I fully the best recommend prep it. In the
0: world, <laughs> it it was very intensive. Facebook messaging going. This is how X works. Do you have any questions? This yeah. is how this works. Um, but it was it was good. Uh, and then for kill team selection, this Alex doesn't have to worry too much here. But I like, I, so I was going pathfinders because everyone should have taken one pathfinder kill team. Uh, I'll talk about it now. But the balance patch was in use, but we we well, only part, found part out of the balance data yeah, slate was in use because it there was a deadline two weeks before the event to submit lists, and then a week after that, the balance data slate dropped. So then we were furiously asking the rules team and uh, the events team, and they said. You can't double-chain, that's being used, but they're also using the first bullet point of a worthy cause. So it costs 2 CP, can only use it if you're going second, and it's once per game. And mm-hmm. then after I said, okay, you're, you're implementing a big change, could we at least change our rosters? Because I had a six, an 18-man roster, and they're like, yeah, you can change your roster yeah, that, by like adding or removing operatives. So I was like, that's yeah, fine. They, so they I allowed,
2: they allowed uh, Pathfinder players to resubmit because the changes really affected them the most.
0: Yeah, so all I did was just add a normal Fire Warrior, and uh, a normal Pathfinder, and a Shield Drone, because that was part of my tech. But I was, I was playing Pathfinders. I got Charles to play Vet Guard, because mm. I think vet, in, a, in a team scenario, you're picking your matchups, but we also knew you would pick your missions as well. We didn't realize there'd be fixed well,
2: missions. We, yeah, we originally assumed from the way the pack was written that it said Team A gets to pick the table mission they were going to play first. Yeah. So we assumed they would have preset layouts, but we didn't know that they, each board would have its own mission assigned. We thought you could just pick a mission. Yeah. So in our in our prep, we were like, okay, well, if I take Vet Guard, I'll take uh, mission X on whatever board I get. Um, but that changed when we actually found out how they would how they were doing it and giving assigned missions.
0: Yeah, but even then, um, I was still happy with Charles being Vet Guard as a defender because then. He can just cause it, it, when you can pick your matchups, especially when you've got 14 guys, you can go, oh, I'm gonna take the five-man matchup or the eight-man matchup, because I will just yeah. auto-win that.
2: Um you could avoid and, your bad matchups, that's <coughs> the main thing.
0: Yeah. And then also pick the right board. So you could dodge like Chow NAF boards. But the other thing is, as the Pathfinder player, I know being Pathfinder Pathfinders and me, uh, because I'd found out on the day people actually wanted to dodge me because they knew I'd won the last Warhammer World, <laughs> World event as well. So people were either sending their best player into me or dodging me. So I was happy to play anyone. And then, as I said, originally we had novitiates as our third because, in my opinion, novitiates are really strong because they don't need to roll dice because they can generate fake dice. And i will bring up now, even though it only matters for our last game, but we actually found out that the judges ruled based on feedback from the rules team that the narrative part of gaining faith points in terms of you well, get free it- a turn. You can get free from the chalice if it's near a mission objective, and then you can you get you get specialisms that are on the data card, which are generally only used in narrative play, but apparently they're supposed to be used in competitive play as well.
2: No, so- well, no, no, it's it's not that they're only used in narrative play. The specific rule is a rule. Um, yes. The spe- yeah. The specialisms are normally used for gaining experience, but they are part of the data sheet, um, so the rule does work in all play.
0: Yes, and the thing is, because uh, the weird thing, there's a TACOP that had a similar thing and they changed it to remove that part uh, or specifically say which is a marksman. You nominate a marksman so have just been a mark- marksman on your data sheet. Because the thing is, the problem with that is they need to clarify it. And if you can, you go from earning three to six faith points a turn to like, three to nine or more because you can get well, a fate it, point for doing a mission it, action it's the more, yeah. in range or combat it's so you more have, you
2: can generate fate points when you spend them so you essentially you can refund your own fate points
0: yeah so your fate you basically have on un, not unlimited <laughs> but you have way more than you need um and it's just but as i said a player dropped so we i was so like when we confirmed alex I was like screw it commandos are just really good they're solid. They're tough. They're easy to learn, but they have a high skill ceiling in terms of like they can do a lot of things, and they suit how Alex plays. Because as you, I mean, Alex, you you love running and killing stuff. I do. And yeah, stuff yeah. Up, right? That
1: is that is the best way for me to play. Just yeah, face, every, tank every everything.
0: game. Even Blood Bowl, I think you find a way to blow stuff up. You I
1: can do. Break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm currently playing corn in Blood Bowl. So all I do is just push. People off the sides of the board or extreme <laughs> violence. It's not. There's no real game plan. It, once everybody's dead, I can score.
0: Yeah. See, and I was how like, "How kill team you, works." Kind of how kill team works, and effectively, it's it, It's a solid kill team. It's still really strong. They can still double dynamite. I was just teaching Alex the tips and like tricks, like double dynamite what to do, where to infiltrate. And that was basically our kill team selection, so we were happy with that. No bespoke team, I mean, no compendium teams. Oddly, on the day, we found out we were one of the few teams running only bespoke teams. Mm. Most people were like two bespoke and one compendium, because uh, I think it was a lot of people like you had two dedicated kill team people, and they'd got their 40k friend to play.
2: Yeah, well, I would say probably half the teams were on the more casual side at the event. So they I people taking people were taking teams they liked but also you had people just bringing well I have a space marine squad printed up so I'll bring these space marines
0: mm. yeah that's stuff like that uh but that's pretty much it for our event prep so then for round 1 uh, I'll preface this as well we had no intention of like well, like we didn't think podium was going to happen because it was because like we didn't get enough practice in um Charles had not played enough with the vet guard to be like, you were still learning them effectively.
2: Yeah. I've not played them much since they first came out. I know how they work. It's just more having to remember all of the moving parts.
0: Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's like um, still a lot to learn in a short, it didn't help that I was sick for two weeks. And then obviously, even though Alex is a really good player, we knew he was brand new. So we were just going there because we knew a Warhammer world event was going to be great. And with Alex, we could just have a laugh. Um, but round one, I forget the name of the guys we were playing, but the important thing to clarify for team selection is you've got team A and team B. So you roll off and then you decide who's team A and team B, and then each player put forward one defender and then you have two attackers and you reveal your defenders at the same time. And then each team picks an attacker to play against. And then the two attackers left over play against each other. So... It's very important that you win the roll-off to decide who's team A, because it means if you win it, you get to pick the first board and mission. So thankfully, I...
1: Goodness, was. did we lose one? No, 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 we didn't. No, I didn't think so. <laughs>
0: no, I, I I used my magic dice, my magic hands. <laughs> I won the roll-off. Uh, so I think it was like a Verticus board. No, it was a Nackman board, uh, Octarius board, and a
2: Chownaf
0: board. Yeah. So obviously we were like, Charles, we're picking first. You're the defender. Uh, they were Sisters of Battle, so normal Sisters of Battle, Tyranids, and Pathfinders. So Pathfinders were their defender, because uh, that was a common thing I found, Pathfinders were defenders. But it's effectively, Charles, you picked the sisters. Why did you pick the sisters?
2: Um, mostly because they're a relatively... Just basic Sisters of Battle are relatively easy kill team to beat because they have very few special rules beyond their couple of stratagems. So you don't have to worry about, oh, this person gets to do three mission actions and this person gets this special shot. It's just ten sisters of battle, there was a heavy bolter, there was a melter gun, there was a couple of frag grenades. So it was very, a very simple team. I knew that, okay, as long as I waste their activations, I can then use my special weapons to pretty much one-shot sisters. Um, that didn't go as to plan as it was meant to um seeing as uh, a few few bad dice rolls leaving sisters alive but it was a it was a very equal game in the end um but i picked them mostly because they were a a relatively easy match out of all three of those kill teams
0: but then um well and you picked the octarius board i think basically yeah, the channel. i picked all octarius
2: play... Yeah, I picked War as well because it had the uh, Luton Salvage was the mission. No, it wasn't it so, Salvage? Yeah. No, it was the the sixth objective one. Sorry, not Luton Salvage. Seas uh, ground. The yeah, the one which just six across the middle. Oh yeah, yeah it was um, seas ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, because it's a uh, I had fourteen bodies, so I could just kind of swarm objectives. But um, uh,
0: but thankfully, you narrowly won. I think.
2: Yeah, it was it was a win. It was a a close win. Um, mostly because i i outnumbered the sisters and i could just take more points i didn't score very well on the tac ops but neither did he and i just uh it came down to i managed to beat one of his flanks where he he, he only put like three models on one side and the rest was kind of cluster on the other so i managed to take the objectives on that side and it was it was one of those ones of just just scoring just enough points more to get the win
0: but then Alex, you were unfortunately paired against the Octarius player. Who, I mean, yeah, the, the Pathfinder, Pathfinder player. player who put you on Yeah, How did your game go? Because that's like, unfortunately, you were effectively our Pathfinder
1: sponge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did play a reasonable amount of Pathfinders. But, <laughs> but that game was... Because it was game one of the, the tournament and I hadn't played before. It took me a little while to get settled in my head of... You know get through your tactical objectives pick through your missions correctly make sure you got the board set up right have a look at what your kill team do um so i wasn't really thinking too much about any of his placements um i was just making sure that i had got what i needed right in the beginning so it was obviously a learning experience from the fact of if i think a model is concealed not having a full understanding of the rules a lot of people might look at it and go well yeah there's no way that model is concealed because of such and such which did happen in the beginning i um i forward infiltrated my slasher up to a corner of the board and i thought there was no way he'd be able to jump around cover and see it yep but he did he got the the big recon drone activated him first he moved uh, dashed over the barrier and then opened up on my my slasher i got pretty lucky and he had only done four wins to me off of a crit so in my first activation i just i instantly switched my rocket boy to engage and shot from the back of the map and somehow i managed to, to just one shot this drone nice uh so i think that took him back massively because When I played the Pathfinder player from.
0: Oh, from round two, yeah, yeah.
1: From round two, he used that recon drone a lot more effectively than my opponent in the first round. So, because I blew it up so quick, I had no idea what it actually did until (laughs) game two, which is when I got caught out by things like it double activating.
0: Yeah, and you can give analyze and stuff. Uh, but apart from blowing up the drone, how how else? Because I, I, mean, I unfortunately think you did lose that one, right?
1: I did lose that game. Um, purely because I didn't quite understand the two different scoring segments. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was concentrating a lot further on completing my TAC ops when I should yes. have just stood on the objective for two or three turns. Um, I mean, I, w- I was quite blessed in the fact that the Orc TAC Ops aren't exactly difficult to get your head around. Well, yeah. Um, They're they're not
0: the the most cognitively heavy to think about.
1: Exactly that. So the fact that um, I spent so long staring at my TAC Ops going, what am I not seeing? Why is he earning more points than me? Then made me go, oh, hold on a second. Let me look at the whole board. He holds three objectives (laughs) to my one. Yeah. because it was the first time I've sort of had the objective interaction as well. It was that same I played that same mission multiple times where it's Escalating six, Hostilities, right? It, it goes six fourteen. Escalating four hostilities. Yeah, yeah. I will say that's a great mission. Like, it is. It's, my it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. But um Yeah, I mean that that really set the ball kind of rolling for me because after that game, although I lost and I lost quite badly I I got it. I understood how to score points and how to outscore your opponent, which is what I really needed for game one. Um, yeah. I think the other thing that was a bonus was I was the least experienced player on the team against their least experienced player on the team. So we did have quite quite a good chat before the game and we both sort of went through things very slowly and made sure that, we were both understanding exactly what was happening <laughs> when people were activating. Um, so that was a massive bonus. Like, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a, for a better round one opponent.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, because the, the thing is, the problem is day the day before we'd played as vet guard and then Pathfinders. and obviously yeah. playing my Pathfinders isn't fun. So
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie about. Like, it's good. Like it to was good to play think. against it because. You saw how frustrated I was getting by going, yeah. But I can see him, and you're like, no, because of this, no, yeah. because of this. But I'm like, uh, yeah, but I'm looking of at concealment
2: him. and obscu- yeah, obscuring and concealment and things like that. And you're like, but the model's standing open, yeah. But his base is just behind this bit of wall, and
1: it, yeah, it's it a just, it's a
2: real thing to get your head around. But once you do, as you did it during the days, it, yeah,
1: yeah, it does all fit together quite. Quite perfectly, actually. Like I think it's a really good system.
0: Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. then for my game, I was playing paired against the uh, Hive Guard, um, Hive Fleets, so or Tyranids. It was domination on Charnac, which I was completely happy about. Uh, I won being the defender, so I picked the side that was better for me because I had two va- punishing vantage points. Playing domination, and effectively, turn one, I managed to kill. One warrior and two gene stealers. Because I killed just two gene stealers in the central point, so I ended up controlling the central point, One of mine. He controlled two of his, but I had killed two a warrior and no three a warrior and three gene stealers. Then turn two, I reeled my TAC ops, which was the faction TAC op three, which is kill more and overrun. Uh, and then turning point two, I killed another warrior and f- two more gene stealers. So he only had one G zero and his leader left because uh, his leader was warriors with leader had a devourer a death spitter he had a venom cannon and then he just had a normal double blade guy which i shot apart he had adrenal glands on the gene stealers so they had extra movement but because the way the central objective was on the side there's no objectives it's just a cover it's just a wall so i used the punishing vantage point with a drone to shoot a gene stealer down to five wounds, uh, four wounds. Then I drone controlled it to shoot again and killed it because a punishing vantage point because you get to retain a hit because he wasn't behind cover. Uh, and then yeah, effectively I wiped him out by the end of turn three, except for his gene stealer. So it's kind of cruel, but I needed his gene stealer alive. So what I did, I've got a guy that gives you minus one APL. So I just kept giving that gene stealer minus one APL, him charging me, and then I would charge away so that gene stealer could only just charge and I wouldn't kill it. Uh, mm-hmm. So effect- <laughs> effectively, I-, I maxed out my tac ops and almost maxed out primary. So it-, it was unfortunate for him because even if they used the rule about uh markalites not ignoring heavy, I still would have been able to kill him before he got to me. That warrior would have survived. It wouldn't have changed much else. um But that was round one. We we were like, oh, that's pretty well. uh I-, I was worried for a minute because after I finished my game, the first, like, I looked at Charles, like, this not going well for Charles. And then I was confused by Alex's game because couldn't t- there were so many dead models, but I was like, it doesn't look like Alex is winning, but he's killed so much. Uh, but there yeah, we found it was 2-1. So obviously the, sc- the scoring for this event is different. So I'll bring up the scoring now. It's effectively six points for three wins. If you get two wins and a loss or a win and a- two draws or two wins and a draw, that's four points. If you get a win, draw and loss or three draws, that's three points. If you get a win and two losses or a loss and two draws, that's one point. And if you get three losses, that's zero points. So we got four points from that, but chuffed. That was, that was going pretty well for us. Uh, and then round two, uh, we got matched against the toughest people in the tournament. We, so we were against command point UK and me, me and Charles like, we even told Alex, oh, these are the guys we have to watch out for. Cause they're probably going to be the best people at the tournament. Unless like game devs are there. And we were like, we're hmm. probably going to, if we, if we run into them, we are probably going to play them day two round four. And then we were like, crap. Uh, cause they were the only people in round one to go Frio. And we were like, this is, is it going to be bad guys? A bit I wasn't a lying. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is not going to go well. I was like, I wasn't even confident. Uh, thankfully I pulled off the, the, the Chad move of, of winning, winning the, the team, a roll off, uh, this is also the thing is because, as Charles mentioned earlier, the pack isn't exactly clear. So we were playing as if you were the defender, you not only pick the mission and board, but you are the defender for that game because it doesn't say in the pack. And then uh, Command Point were like, oh, no, they said you have to roll off. So we checked with the rules team or the, the judges, and they were like, um, oh, no, yeah, uh, we forgot to put it in there, but it should be roll off. But if if you all pick the same option in terms of like defenders just automatically pick, that's fine. But we just switched to rolling off. We were like, okay. Um, so this time they had pathfinders, commandos and compendium Harlequins. Cause the new ones weren't mm-hmm. legal. Charles was our defender. We thought their commando was going to be the defender, but it turned out their pathfinder was the defender as well. We were like, okay. Um, so then, Charles, you picked the commando on the Octarius? or Ver- It was like the Verticus uh, board, I think. No, yes, Octarius. Octarius, because uh, I no, had the was Verticus.
2: Oct- yeah, it was Octarius again, yeah. Um, mostly because it was the, the best of a bad choice between commandos and Harlequins. Yes, um, but I
0: think you picked right, because you played against yeah. Mark, which you play- we both played in Bad Moon and Lost to when Pathfinders first came out. Mm. Uh, and then Charles, I mean, Alex... Unfortunately, went into the to another Pathfinder player, and I got picked by Harlequins. But Charles, briefly, how did your game go? Uh, well, oh, no, it was, actually, oh. I, actually, I think for this one, it's narratively better if yeah. we do my game first because that's because, uh, uh, as I said. I thought we were going to free O this as in terms of we were going to lose.
2: Yeah, 0-3 it, you mean? Yes. Yeah, O
0: three 3 it. So I was against the Harlequins. He he had picked uh, the Verticus board. I won as Defender, so I picked the bottom path because it was easier for me to get into. We were playing Secure Archeotech, and there were interesting things we found out during that game. So the first thing was he was playing the game as like, I'm going to claim all the points and start picking them up early where I prefer to play more. I'll wait. Uh so turning point one, he popped free, he like claimed three of them. But what he also found out, he said, like, we check the rules, and if you pick up an objective, you can drop it for free at any point at any time during your activation. So he would pick it up, immediately drop it, and effectively move it without having to move. So he would move, claim, pick up, immediately drop, and move it like an inch or two back, which is completely legal. And I was like, oh. Uh, but he was like domino field, so I couldn't shoot him unless I was within two inches or he shot. So my, my TAC ops were, like, mark enemy movement, mark like people, uh, plant signal beacon, and kill more. So turning point one, I was like, can't shoot you, but I can mark like you. So I, I claimed one point, mark lighted him all. Uh, I, I did go with 13 guys again. I used my shield drone to cap an objective. Turning point two, he got a jammy grenade off, which I should have stopped, but uh, I didn't take the risk, and his risk was better, so he charged a guy uh killed uh, he charged a guy killed one and then threw a grenade which killed my drone controller and interference specialist and at that point i was like well this game's over uh but i claimed another objective and then turning point three because that oddly in turning point two i'd managed to kill four path find, uh, four harlequins to his four pathfinders so i got one for my faction tack up turning point three he interloped and then he killed my leader and like exfiltrated for his two tack ops to get four points and he was also doing like upload viral code. And I was like, why is he rushing to score his Tacops? ops? And I looked at the clock and there were like 10, 12 minutes left. And I was like, he's, he's assuming we're not going to get to turn four because if you get within five minutes of the round, you can't play on. Like, so if, if we were turn three, that would have been it. So I was like, screw it. I don't have to do much. All the points are claimed. I just have to move around and set up stuff. So I was like, move past. And he's like, uh, I do We need to rush you for time. Cause like literally it's like, okay. And I was like, move past, move past, move past. And uh, then we played on for round four, because I was like, I have seven operatives. You have two. <laughs> um, so then, because he when he infiltrated off the board, he didn't realize you dropped the objective when you leave. So he was like, oh, I'll just drop it under the pipe then instead. And I was like, cool, that's fine. Uh, and then his first activation on turning point four was to run up and shoot my medic who was near the pipe. Uh, he was just con- engaged. I think he shot his uh, Neuro Pistol Got one hit, two hits, sorry. And I rolled one save. So I lived with three wounds, moved and claimed that. Uh, his leader had been charged by my, his leader charged my gun drone and fluffed his attacks. So then he had to spend another turn to kill the gun drone because he didn't want to spend a CP. Uh, and then effectively, I used I, I, I held five objectives and I dropped uh, plant signal beacon. So in turning point... Two, I had two points from primary turning point 4 I had 12 uh cuz I got 10 from holding five objectives cuz he had claimed them all for me and uh I got five points from my tag ups to six so I beat him by what was it 15 uh no 17 12 and I was like wow what the fuck that was like a really tough game fun but I was like that shouldn't have happened and I I was going to I turned to Charles I was like Charles, did you? You've like, you've probably lost. What's happened? And then, Charles, what happened in your game? Uh,
2: well, it was. Uh, so it was Vet Guard versus uh, Commandos. Uh, we were playing on Octarius and we were playing. Uh, it was. I'm trying to think what the mission was. Uh, I think it was one of the ones with five points. Yes, I think uh, it was. That's
0: why you picked it. No, it was con- yeah. Consecration, I think. Consecration.
2: No, it wasn't Consecrate. Uh, that was the one I played later.
0: Maybe domination? Um, but it was I think, a five I think objective it was,
2: mission. Yeah, it was uh, it was a five objective one. It was uh it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad game. Um it was a very it was one yeah, it was domination because it was a corner, it was a corner deployment one. Yeah. I picked a corner that had a um a vantage point in it. Um it had so it had one of the vantage point walls. I basically hid most of my stuff out of sight. Because uh, I got, I got to roll in one. Uh, I actually lost the roll, and he made me defender. Uh, I was like, oh, I am happy being defender. That's that's all fine by me. Yes, um,
0: he did the, uh, the same thing happened to me as what well. they made me. I defender.
2: I set most of my stuff completely out of sight. Uh, I set I set up a few conceals, a few engages, uh, but I just made sure that everything was out of sight. Um, he'd set his commandos up again on his side of the board. Generally, he had another heavy wall that and set pretty much everything behind that. Uh, but it was one of the vantage points, and the vantage point was the open side was facing my deployment zone, and it was one of the Octarius ones with like the the notch out the top. Um, so what he'd what he'd done during his turns is he had his commando with the rocket launcher right behind the notch with a climbing rope. Um, he would then give him an AP. He'd move up onto the roof, fire, and then jump back off. Um, the commander, bo- the rocket boy, did that twice during the game and missed both times because he had no rerolls. Uh, and then he decided to not do that again um but yeah it was a it was a very bloody game going backwards and forwards. I got incredibly lucky with um essentially running um I was running security and i, I had central control and I ran a guardsman out to the the central point just to take the point um and it was uh it was the guardsman was on the point going, okay well i am probably gonna die. boy runs around the corner. Dackers misses completely. Um, the guardsman's standing there, amazingly alive. The rocket boy shoots, misses. He's still alive. <laughs> um, this this guardsman was truly blessed, and I think that was that was mainly what happened. There was a lot of his shots that should have been guaranteed kills, mm. just the dice failed, um, and that's sometimes a problem that can happen. Uh, I'd managed to use my spotter with a plasma with my plasma gunner to uh single out his sniper boy who'd kind of gone round the side of the map and i would pushed up enough on my side to get a shot across the board at him um i used my spotter to make it so he counted as engaged he was engaged in cover shot him with a plasma gun and vaporized his sniper so that took out one of his three big threats um he did forward deploy one of his boys um, which was the slasher boy, and he he did some good job. He he jumped over, held on an objective, sliced up some guys, but then he was kind of stuck on his own and just got gunned down by a uh, melter gun. Um, but it was uh, it went very very even for the first part of the game, and then I managed to just kill an orc, kill an orc, kill an orc, and pushed him pushed him back off the objectives. Um, and it ended up uh, a win to me. It was only by two or three points wow, but I'd managed to I'd managed to essentially whittle his boys down enough that every time he did something, I had three people to shoot the one boy after it after it had done something uh and he was only left with i think two models left on the board at the end. I only think I had about five, but Dad. there was only two commandos left out of the whole team um But I say it was a very good game. Um, What also uh, had messed him up was the way the train was laid out. There was a scramble pile um, in like a T-shape next to one of the walls, Mm. uh, one of the big Octarius walls. He'd given climbing ropes to his knob, and his his idea was to run to that wall, climb over it to get to my lines. He hadn't seen that on the other side of the wall was the scramble pile, so he wouldn't (laughs) be able to climb over it. (laughs) Um, because, because uh, just when he looked at the board, he hadn't seen that and set up the plan. It was only when we were in turn one and he started moving towards that wall and then was like, "Oh yeah, there's that scramble pile there." It's like, "Oh, I didn't see that," um, and that completely blocked off his entire plan of sending his knob over the side and into my flank. Um, and that was a that was a massive thing for me. That was oh nice. Well, like I say uh, it was a it was a, a it was a difficult game because orcs are always difficult for um, guards take out with their low damage, but It went very well.
0: Uh, And Alex, how did your game go against Pathfinders?
1: So my my game against Pathfinders was difficult, to say the least. Um, Because he had quite clearly played a lot of Pathfinders. So we set up in a much better way. There was a piece of cover that he was using that was the worst thing for me. It was like a power generator. Yeah, mm. So with
0: a vantage point on top, yeah, like the yeah, power generator.
1: Exactly that. He sat his, um one of his snipers with a rail rifle up on there. And because it was sideways into the board, there wasn't a point unless I had got directly behind him that I could shoot him. Um uh, shoot so just stayed concealed. on silent. Exactly that. But I then worked out that the best way to get to this sniper is to charge it. So, a lot like I did against you in the uh, in the practice game, I ran four commandos directly down that that side of the board, and oh they hopped over. That terrain. Terrified me, and it did exactly the same thing to him. He disengaged the sniper, jumped off the vantage point, and headed back across the opposite side of the board. Which meant I had two or three turns to run down the center of the board and put myself in some pretty reasonable places. The other thing I had done was I gave the dynamite to the, um, Oh no. How am I going to be here? Breacher boy. That's the one. Perfect. I would given him the breacher boy and I'd set him up on the opposite side of this piece of heavy terrain where he had five or six operatives all standing on top of an objective. Wow. So he had to make a big play at the end of turn in point one to push as many operatives as he can out into the center of the board to stop them all being dynamited at once. But obviously that put him in poor position. So it meant I was able to pick up five or six random kills on, on just Pathfinder models, uh, like the grenade, the grenadier, the grenadier was left on his own in the middle of the, um, in the middle of the board. I shot him with the sniper, um, and dropped him down to two wounds. I then threw a knife at him with the slasher. To kill him <laughs> and then used this sl- slasher to charge into the the big recon drone so the recon drone couldn't then shoot me oh nice um so it locked everything up in the center of the board the only problem i had was that sniper at the back meant that every time i tried to jump on to capture any of the objectives i would get that big rail gun shot yeah mm. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't effectively score the objectives without actually getting that sniper out of the way, which eventually I did. But I turned too late. Um, I scored all right. Um, I definitely think I could have won that game if I had the knowledge of the the same knowledge of the game that I had leaving that game. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah,
0: because you were basically playing against. I think, the highest ranked player in the UK. So it's like...
1: I learned a few things. I mean, there, was, there were certain things that you could tell he, he definitely played a lot of TTS over the actual tabletop game itself because there yes. was two or three times where I was pre- presented with an opportunity I, that I shouldn't really have had. Um, so I had a really good shot with the Rocket Boy he had three um three Pathfinders up on top of the, um one of the storage containers. And a lot like I did to Charles in the practice game, the rocket boy hit the first one and splashed three crits across mm. the pile. <laughs> um, Charles' favourite memory. So it did have its its cool effect and it did it was a lot closer than that score line set it out to be. Yeah, yeah. Because it was only at the end of the game when finally the wounds started to stack up a little bit. Because the damage four on the weapons is really, really, Tough, good. Is, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine playing a kill team where I didn't have ten wounds on everybody. Yeah. Because I'd be really disappointed when people just got vaporized. The same way as when the breacher boy got killed in one round of shooting. Yeah. That's just that Pathfinder damage. It is. Not the end of the world. I definitely learned from that game.
0: Yeah, because it's like that's the thing we wanted you. Like it, it wasn't like a, f- even though the scores didn't show it, you were still learning, and that was a really good game to learn from.
1: Yes, yeah, like uh-huh. I, I appreciate that he was a good player, and yes. I watched w- what he did. So like I couldn't understand before that game why having multiple activations would be really that good because then give me a chance to say overwatch. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that he could go one after the other meant that he was able to sort of his risky plays were a little bit less risky because he had a second guy to activate and do yeah. something with. Yeah. It's yeah. like
0: uh, you could kill someone and if you didn't kill him, you were guaranteed to kill him or you could push aggressively and then you would technically be in the open, but now you can chain activate someone else to cover the person who would have exactly made it onto that. You, yeah um but yeah uh we ended up winning round two somehow like we were all just i was extremely happy and like confused but we we, we took it we were like we were now ranked one in the tournament and it was just like
1: yeah whoa. from from that point sitting at the the top of the tournament ladder it felt really good
0: well it's like for us we were like this was supposed to be a day 2 matchup, so we had now played the hardest matchup for us in the tournament so we, we were just relaxing um but then uh, for round three, we were against. They were team binary, but it was like yeah, it was um, winners, winners or winning in binary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for that one, once again, uh, I, I won as the attacker for team A with my legendary. I think I rolled another six. Yeah. Um, and then, I, yeah, because it was tied. It was a six and a five. Then I rolled a four, and they rolled a one. Um, but for this time, they had sisters of battle. Uh, Hunterclades and Tyranids again. So, <laughs> once again, the Tyranids with the Defender. No, Hunterclades with the Defender. And uh, Charles picked Sisters. I got matched into Tyranids again, and Alex played Hunterclades. Uh, so, Charles, how did your game go? Oh, let's start. Look, Alex, uh, Hunter, how did your game yeah. go? Yeah, let's go, let's yeah. go with Alex this time. Shake it up.
1: My game was... Really good. It was so nice to play a kill team <laughs> that did something different. That wasn't um, Pathfinder's. So like when he was explaining what everything did to me, he was like, Oh, this has got uh, an all specs that allows him to do this, and I was like, all oh, right so it's like this the sniper spotter combo is quite quite similar, and he's like, Oh, these are Ross Stalker infiltrators, and I was like, These are really cool. This is cool because <laughs> it's just not Pathfinder. <laughs> um <laughs> The game itself was. <laughs> uh, it started with him making a bit of a, a mistake. So I infiltrated the 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 slasher boy really close behind uh, a building where he was going to become a pain. So he would have to kill him to get onto that that first objective. Um, and then I also uh, infiltrated. The Breacher boy, again, the same with the Dynamite. So he was a little bit trapped with where he was set up. And the fact it was the Nackman board, and we had Smoke on mm. the board that caused both of us a massive headache, but really worked in my favor. But his third activation, we had one or two activations where we just sort of... You know, the, the basic stuff, the stuff that's almost... Free, you know, you're gonna move and dash with this guy to get him behind cover and towards the objective. He did the same thing a couple of moves and dash. And then he, with the Rust Stalker, decided to charge my slasher. So the Rust Stalker charged my slasher and we rolled our our dice like normal. His first hit did damage to me and didn't kill me, so it put two mortal wounds on him from the slasher's ability. The slasher then hit him back for two crits and killed it. Which instantly threw him off. He was like, but wait, hold on. I should win combat here. And I then had the slasher boy who activate who then activated and charged the second rust stalker on that side of the board and killed it. So I was two operatives up for no trade currently. I then lost the slasher boy to it. Um, there was two special weapons that he had that were really cool. Oh, it was dude. like
0: an arc rifle and plasma cavalier. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah, he did fire both of them at the slasher, and unfortunately, and <laughs> <I>, that's the <a laughs> scratch on the plasma gun in the beginning. And you could see he was sweating. He was like, "Oh no!" But then he rolled really well with that second set with the uh, with the arc, um, and I ended up losing the slasher. But by the end of turning point one, I had already moved halfway across the board and he hadn't come out from behind the barricades it was like he he had decided he was gonna he tried the combat game and it didn't work out very well for him so he was just gonna shoot me to death um it was then at that point i decided to actually try and achieve one of the missions that i hadn't tried to do before which was um the blow it up So he had declared this piece of terrain at the back of the board, but where I'd killed the two rust stalkers, there was now a massive gap. So the Grot hookshot across and landed on his objective. So the Grot, in that turn, captured the objective. Then at his next available opportunity did blow it up before interloping out the board. So the Grot, on his own, (laughs) earned me four victory points and didn't once get shot
0: nice so maximum grottage
1: that was that was when i sort of i finally went right i get it i understand the grot completes the attack ops the commandos actually capture objectives
0: the circle was complete you had finally mastered everything
1: that's it and that was that was such an enjoyable game cuz the guy that i played against as well was fantastic he he just he was very much into the fact that we were playing kill team and we had just decided to stab each other to death. (laughs) It was, it was very good. Like it was my, probably my second most enjoyable game of the weekend.
0: Nice. Uh, Charles, how did uh, you do? Uh,
2: So I, again, picked the sisters player. Um, Again, mostly for the same reason of, I know sisters are a relatively easy kill team to be able to beat. Um, and they're, they're, they have very little tricks to them. Uh, it went again uh, better than the. I think it went better than the first game I played against sisters. Um, and again, it was more down to things like placing and getting the angles on a number of shots. Um, it was a win. It was a very close game, as far as I remember. Um, but I think it was the tac where I managed to score mine and he didn't manage to score his. Which uh... are what clutched the game, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was again fourteen vet guard versus ten sisters, and their three up saves do a lot of work. Um, but the fact they only have eight wounds, once they do start taking damage, they do go down pretty easily. Mm. Even when um, they're just a scratch. Yeah, uh, he's he's what really sealed the deal on the game though was his bolt guns were terrible. He was rolling four dice on threes. He would constantly roll two misses. Uh, he'd have uh, re-rolls on some of them, re-roll one dice into a miss again. And then his shooting guardsmen in cover, and it's like, well, I auto save one because I'm in cover. Um, and like his, his bolt guns just were constantly missing. The Storm Bolter was one of the things that did the most damage because it had full re-rolls, so it actually hit three times instead of two. Um, but yeah, it was just just his bolt guns just seemed to be loaded with blanks. Um that was the that was the major saving grace. But it was a good another good game though.
0: Yeah, and then uh for me, I was against another lovely person. Like this team was just really fun to talk to uh mm. and play. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was against High Fleet. So this time he went with three warriors and eight Hormigaunts. So we were playing on Consecration, but we were playing on the bad Octarius board. So we'd played this yesterday and we quickly realized it is amazing for shooting teams and terrible for melee teams because one side has a vantage point, but then the other side is like effectively boxed in on one side with light terrain and heavy. But if you come into the middle, there's just open spaces. And we, we talked about it prior to the event to the events team and they're like, yeah, we realized after we finalized the boards, that was probably the worst one. Uh, so I was a defender and effectively I shot him. I, I killed a warrior turn one. I've, I, he moved up to his guys onto one of the right objectives. I throwed an EMP, I expected to kill one, but wound them. I hit three. I critted two to death and then wounded one. uh, So I was contesting the point. And effectively, he just lost too much. uh, And I was able to shoot stuff before could get into combat. And yeah, that was was pretty much the game. I I just shot him off the board. Um, He did manage to kill my drones, which was very sad for me. Like He was just like, that drone's in the open. I'm just going to shoot it. Was like, it doesn't do anything. I'm just going to kill your drone. I was like, no! Uh, and he did kill my drone. That was really sad for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I maxed out. I almost maxed out TAC Ops, because I took Killmore, uh, Plant Signal Beacon, and Vantage, and I could only do one Vantage, because he killed my drones before they could get onto the other building. Uh, but that, that was pretty much it. It was just kind of, he had a bad board. I also got to be the defender, and I effectively just shot him apart before get into it. So we, we got our first 3-0. And after day one, we were like, oh, a success, pretty much. Yeah, well,
2: in, yeah, 2-2-1 two, 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 wins and a 3-0, we, we were actually feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah, we were one of the other 2 undefeated teams. We, we spent some time in the Ministers Hall, because, you know, Alex hadn't been there for, like, what, eight years or something? Four years?
1: Yeah, so at good. least that. Plus, like, all of the, the big changes were... were Yeah, huge. Like, it looked like a completely different environment when I walked in there, which is a good thing.
0: Definitely. Yeah, they've done a lot and they're regularly changing up. But it was really fun. We couldn't do pub quiz because they didn't have enough staff for some reason, I think, sickness or whatever. So we just chilled at the pizza again. Pizza was pretty good. Uh, And then we just chilled. It was great, you know. We met some of the other Londoners there. Uh, And then, you know, after relaxing, we did round four, where this time we were against, I forget their name, but they had. Vet Guards. Oh, it, oh, yeah, it
2: was Faith Duty and a bit of DACA, I think it was. Yeah, Faith
0: Duty and a bit of DACA. So they, we, we knew they had Commandos and we were thinking Novitiates, but it was Commandos, Vet Guard, and Space Marines. Yeah. Because uh, effectively that was their 40K guy. Uh, so we rolled for Attack and Defender. Once again, I, I won for Team A, you know, <laughs> just, just maximum skill rolling dice. So we picked first. Like, Charles, you picked the Space I, Marines because yeah, that was like. It
2: was- well, it was it was five assault intercessors, and it was like, okay, this this is literally just got these space marines. It should be an easy matchup.
0: Yeah, because we we did think about sending Alex in, but we didn't. The problem is we weren't sure who their defender was going to be in that just in that regard. So, because their defender ended up being the commandos who picked Alex, and then I was against Vet Guard. Uh But for my game, quickly, I was on. So this was annoying for us because this is the only normally a board is like. Octarius Vertigus, and then either Nakmund or Chownath. This mm. board was like Vertigus, Chownath, Chownath.
2: Yeah, so we were like yeah.
0: shit. Uh, we, we need, uh, we need yeah. to be the defender for this. It was
2: heavy terrain city
0: to, to yeah. save uh, to save Charles. So Charles was very happy I was rolling high. Um, yeah, uh, but I, yeah. So for for me, I was against Vetguard. He understood a bit how heavy terrain worked, but I never played pathfinders. So The first shot he tried to get on me, he didn't realize I was I said, Oh, even though I'm engaged, I'm two inches from this heavy terrain where the cover line crosses, so you can't shoot at me. And he was like, Oh. Uh, and then he like moved his demo to demo an objective, but then he moved his demo behind like terrain on the barricade. So I mark lighted his demo, killed him, did a YOLO grenade, uh, wounding his Confidant, killing two other guys. Uh, moved up because we're playing Seize Ground. So I controlled three. He controlled three. And then turn two because I like he'd moved up the left flank and I'd managed to we- weaken some guys. Turn from turn two onwards, I controlled his left flank. He he couldn't get his guys around the middle because I was standing in front of a door, uh, and anyone who came out of the door got shot. <laughs> um, and then I he had he only had three guys on his right flank, and I killed the plasma guy turn two, uh, and killed a normal guy turn two, and they only had a spotter, so I, he couldn't get behind enemy lines because I was rushing his points. And by the end of the game, he had two guys left and I had lost, I think, like three guys. Uh, but I maxed out primary. I, did, I didn't max out primary, but I got like eight on the primary. Uh, I maxed out my tech ups because I got kill more, uh, faction tech up free, signal beacon and overrun and effectively won that. He was a really great guy, but un- unfortunately he felt the wrath of Pathfinder's. Uh, but uh, Charles, how did you do?
2: Uh, so yeah, I, I I picked the um Assault Incessors because it was five models. Uh even if they even when they now have their six model, the space Ring kill teams just suffer from being outnumbered. They have a lot of actions, but yeah, when you can just kind of focus fire them down, they they don't last long. Um the entire the entire terrain on the board was all heavy apart from three pipe sections. So there was no there was a lot of blocked shots across the board which actually um made it difficult in some ways to get a few shots off um but it was uh he started all of his guys in conceal apart from his one who'd taken the auxiliary grenade launcher uh he started him behind engaged behind a bit of cover he had the first round so he jumped him up on top of the uh, vantage point that was on his side of the board and shot at one of my, uh, I think he took out, my, oh no, he shot at my commander, my my sergeant, and my comms. Uh, he didn't, he managed to not kill them, which was lucky on my part. Um, but then his guy was done. Uh, he was now standing up, engaged, onto a vantage point. Uh, so I then hopped my sniper around a corner and promptly shot him and then shot a grenade launcher at him as well, which finished him off. Um, and that was his only engaged guy. He, uh, we were playing, were we playing consecrate?
0: I think you were.
2: Yeah. I think this one was consecrate. Um, and yeah, it was, he, he kind of only moved up. He didn't move up too aggressively in his, with his other four guys, um, which kind of gave me the advantage to get better positioning with my people for the next round. Um, and round two, he started to move up on some of the points but where I could just outnumber him, I'd be like, oh, cool, I'll activate this guy, you move a guy. i activate this guy, you move a guy. Um, and then it allowed me to get things like, okay, my Melter Gun now ran around the corner because he had, he had two in the middle of the board behind the light cover concealed, so I couldn't shoot them normally. So the melt Gun just ran around past their cover and just vaporized one of them. Um, it was things like that where it just really didn't go his way because of just having to waste his actions doing nothing um it was a it wasn't a very good game for the marines just because like i say they suffer when they're outnumbered um but another yeah win, so it was another win uh it was uh he managed to get a couple of his tac ops uh, and he only managed to score a couple of primary so it wasn't it wasn't a huge I, I didn't actually manage to get a huge win but it was a win but i wiped out his last guy on turn three Ah. So I kinda of had to turn four just to go, well I just claim these points again. Um, yeah, it was just an unfortunate game in some ways. But he, he came for a bit he came for fun and he bought models and they were they were also really nicely painted as black templars. Oh so they they were really nicely painted. It's just Marines
1: suffer.
0: Yeah. Uh but then uh Alex, how did you go- do do how did you do because you played the commando mirror?
1: I did. I played against the Commando Mirror and I got absolutely <laughs> rolled. I had. He played the Commandos completely different to any any idea that I had of them. So he didn't take any dynamite and he was doing um, seek and destroy missions. So yes. he pretty much focused on trying to kill my leader as quick as possible because that was definitely one of his missions um i mean I, I did get i was quite unlucky in that game as far as a lot of a lot of his his dice were very very heavy on the crit side and i just ended up getting really when you play against sort of other kill teams when I go down to two or three wounds. I'm like, I'm okay because I can still one shot most things. But when I'm then fighting against something that has 10 wounds back, it was a lot of, I was trading my guys for only wounding him. Um, Plus he did. He just absolutely charged directly down the board at me, which I didn't think he'd do either. Um, So I was absolutely thrown off from, from turn one and he did very much outplay me on that that board as well because it was a Chownaf board yes and i had no idea what punishing vantage points were uh. um, and also i didn't i didn't read correctly about the floor rules so oh. when i was looking for what i could shoot back at him i didn't read that floors don't count so uh... I, w- I was convinced that he was concealed in light terrain, uh, concealed by the lip of the building when really he wasn't, I could have, I could have shot him normally, but he did teach me a different way of using the Yorks with, there was a large building in the center that had one window um, and he had hidden his knob behind the door. The breacher boy was behind the flat wall and then a sniper was at the window. And between the three of them it meant that I couldn't go any anywhere near the center objective. So then he didn't play around the center objective. He was like, no, I've locked up the center objective and pushed him down either side and we ended up just basically having a a dice off in the middle of the in the middle of the board. <laughs> um, As true commanders. You know, his His breacher boy charged out from behind the building and hit my slasher boy. So then my knob charged his breacher boy, then his knob charged mine. And then, yeah, it just descended into chaos and dice rolling very quickly. And I came out very much bottom of that. But what was important about that was he taught me how to play that mission and how to play around that type of terrain, Yeah, which I can then talk about in a minute. The game that we played just after that,
0: yes, because uh, we won 2 1, so we got another four yep. points. So then we went into round five. This time we were against Kilt Team, who were the Scottish team, and effectively, uh, they had Commandos, Wormblade, and uh, just Chaos Demons. So, once again. I rolled strong, and I got teammate for us, which is really important. So Charles was like, yeah, immediately because we're on the same board again, the same three boards. So Charles was like, yeah, I'm gonna pick the the non-Chow board, and you, you yeah. played against Wormblade. Yeah. Uh, Alex got the mirror, and I got Chaos Demons. So um, against Chaos Demons, this guy's great. He's a nurse, but it's like they're all wearing kilts. But he picked Nurgle and Slaanesh, so he had no shooting because I thought he was gonna pick corn, give them all flaming skulls. So it's like, okay, everyone's on engage. Uh and effectively I killed his Nurgle banner, Nurgle Leader, and Sanesh banner in turn one because I could Mark them, because their Mark were like they were just tall enough so I could just see them. So it was like rough. He couldn't get central control because I had a gun drone who flew up onto the building covering the vantage, like covering the center point, and just like denied him getting central control. So I killed four of his three of his guys turn no, four of his guys turn one. Then turn two, he had ended turn one by running a demonet behind the corner into my right, bottom right objective. And I was like, you know what? If I kill this guy now, I've won. So I was like, pay two CP. I'd popped, um, what do you call it? Uh, Mod car. I had taken two rail rifles. So my rail rifle moved and dashed into his face. And I was like, I'm going to shoot. And I rolled four or five ups. So I, I, I'm all, all wounded to the death. She took eight more wounds and died. And he was like, damn, you know, you've probably just won the game there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, uh, it didn't go well for him. I managed to kill a lot more turning point two. Uh, the, I think the worst thing for him was he charged his Nurgle, uh, one of his Nurgle warriors into my blooded pathfinder and grenadier. And he was like, he's popped the minus one to hit aura. And I was like, okay, okay. I, I hit. I charge into your. I charge into your uh, blooded pathfinder. I get two hits, and I rolled three. I rolled two hits and a crit. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna hit you for five damage." And I was like, "I'm gonna parry your other hit." And then I, I did, I did seven damage back, and he didn't pass any disgusting resilient rolls. So his 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 demon was left on one wound, and he was like, "What?" And then he charged his demon into a the rail rifle guy, and rolled four twos. And I was just like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, and then I did four damage back by rolling two hits. And it was just like, he's like, wow, not only are you beating me at range, you are now abusing me in combat. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I wiped him out by turn three. And yeah, it was just rough. Like, I it was just literally, I had no reason to worry about guns. So I just point and clicked. He had security, but I was sending in drones to stop him scoring security. And yeah, I maxed out everything for an 18-1 win. Uh, but then, uh, Alex, how did you do uh, after that You know, cliffhanger from last, uh, last game? So,
1: I was given the exact same game on the exact same map. <laughs> <laughs> so I took the executive decision to switch the side of the board to the side that my opponent had previously played, set up exactly the same as him, and follow his exact plan. Um, it went exceedingly well for me. Um, the guy I played against, he was brilliant. Like, he was, um, uh, one of the Scottish GW staff members. Um ah. Yeah, he, he works in the GW back in Scotland. Um, so obviously he gives great quality games anyway. But we just sort of, the, the game just descended into us chuckling and removing models. Um. That is, it was my favorite game, um, purely because we just had lots, lots of fun playing it. But I did manage that that great feat of maxing out my tac ops and my primary objectives, which I didn't think was possible in the nice. beginning. Um Yeah, the game as it ticked on, it just became sort of. I think early on, he took the Bomb Squig, which was different as well. Um oh, yeah. And at the start of the game, he did a really cool thing where everybody gets a dash, and he was able to dash his Bomb Squig away from everybody else. I then shot the Bomb squid and blew it up <laughs> instantly. Because, first of all, I didn't want to deal with a dynamite running into my lines. And secondly, it's the easiest way I could achieve the first... Part of shock tactic oh, yeah. yes um so i did yeah the sniper shot first shot i think he did two crits which is four more wounds and it just exploded didn't hit anything in the center of the board it just went pop. and it was almost from that point i was like okay i can be calm i'm an operative up um a victory point up i control the advantage point and he's a dynamite down So at that point I was like, yeah, I'm confident that I can just start now going and picking up objectives and then I'll deal with whatever he throws at me when it, when it appears. So we had a couple of like shots back and forth in that turn, but it was a lot of shuffling. Um, and then by the start of turning point two, it was just full on combat over the, the two objectives that were either side of the board, um, But I obviously had the bonus there, the fact that I didn't have a bomb squig. Um, And the fact that there's always the threat of that regular boy with a dynamite. Mm. Um, So I deployed the two dynamites this time. I actually got it right. I deployed one next to the comms guy and one next to the knob. So I could give them extra action points. So finally, it it, it came off. I managed to um, move with the uh, regular boy and throw a dynamite over the barrier that hit Um, three models, killed two and left one on two wounds. Um, And yeah, at that point, he's lost. It was the sniper, the rocket boy and the comms boy that were there. So I killed the sniper and the comms boy instantly and left the rocket boy on two wounds who then shot and because he was injured missed and then died to a throwing knife a turn later from the slasher nice <laughs> but it was a great game like we, we we both had a large amount of fun because of just how i mean it's an orc mir- uh, mirror match right it just involves <laughs> aggressively <laughs> charging each other at every given opportunity pretty much
0: uh, yeah. but i'm glad that was sounded a lot of it's like sounded a lot of fun as well yeah uh, it, but um how did you do charles compared to us
2: uh yeah so uh, against the wormblade um he took the uh the guy with all the pistols the kellemovf yes and he took the sniper as his two specialists um and he deployed first, um, and he kind of... Uh, it was, again, because it, it's a across-the-board deployment. He, uh, he deployed three of his... Kelomorph, his sonic cannon, whichever... The, not, not The other one that isn't the mining laser, and one of his um, just normal guys, kind of in a chain off of a bit of terrain, but in the open. Oh. And then he deployed most of the other stuff hidden across the middle on the other side of the board um when it came to scouting i thought he was gonna take a barricade so i took dash he did take a barricade but he then didn't put it in front of his three guys who were standing in the open he put it somewhere else on the board i was like oh okay that was surprising so i because i'd um put my guardsman grenade launcher directly facing the three people in the open on the far side of the board on engage like he can see all three of them. He can fire a frag grenade and hit all of them at once. And he didn't put the barricade in the way. So I'm like, okay, I've got turn one. Well, first action, my grenade launcher walked up towards the middle of the board where there's a bit of covering stand behind and frag grenaded at the three of them. Uh, he brought the Kellamorph down to one wound. I think it was, or two wounds injured the, uh, the heavy weapon and injured the other guy. I was like, not bad for a first shot. Um, His first action was to send his sniper up on top of the building just in his deployment zone, and he sniped one of my guys. I was like, okay, that's not so bad. He then used the stratagem to switch back to conceal on his sniper. Unfortunately, his sniper wasn't within an inch of the light terrain and wasn't over two inches away. Well, he was he was he was he wasn't within an inch, so his conceal meant nothing because he was just standing in the open. So uh, in the middle of my side of the board was a container. So my sniper switched to engage, walked up onto the container, and one tapped his sniper back. Um, I rolled, I think, I rolled two crits and then two more hits. So he instantly took six mortal wounds and then just he, he failed his saves. So I took out his sniper on my first shot. I'd wounded his uh, Kelomorph. And then his uh, his mining laser just atomized my sniper, which was uh, I was like, fair do's. My sniper killed yours. You vaporized mine. I'll take that trade. Um, I then moved up another guy. Oh, I, I moved up two ga two guardsmen and gunned down his Kelomorph. So in the first round, I killed both of his good models, and after that, I was feeling a lot more confident that it'd be a, that I could win it. Um. It, like I say, it was uh, Consecration, so it was actually a very back-and-forward game. Um, he had uh, two models set aside that could infiltrate in. Um, I thought he was going to infiltrate them in on like the middle objectives on his side to claim those, but he didn't. Uh, one of them had a flamer, so it went to my flank and did a crispy up a few people, um, but I'd already consecrated a point and I had more people there. Um, his the left flank was a very 50-50 backwards and forwards. And it was the middle objectives that I'd managed to run my guys around into that were unclaimed, that I, I claimed. Um, it, again, it kind of went backwards and forwards. We we were taking each other out pretty pretty handily. Um, but it ended up being, uh, I think, a two-point win to me in the end because I'd managed to achieve uh, five of my six up points. And I got one or two extra on the primary, and I denied him um, three of his TAC ops, because I'd killed his Kellamorph, who was his marksman for Deadly Marksman. Yep. Um, he failed to kill my leader on his last shot, so he couldn't get kill my leader. And I can't remember what the third one was, but again, I think he only scored like one point on it. Um, so it was one of those ones of... It looked really bad, because we were both down to about... Four to five models at the end, but I'd managed to score more by that point and pipped it. But it was again, it was a really good game. And Wordblade have a lot of tricks. Um, it was just unlucky that I managed to kill both of his specialists before they even did anything.
0: Ah, uh, oh, yeah, but it's like, yeah, overall, we managed to get a um, 3 0 win against like the best team at the event because they ended up winning Met best. Best kill well, was, team, we're, as in, like, we still got another team.
2: round after this, though, John. Yes, that, that but, was only round five.
0: <laughs> uh, but then round six, round six, we I forget their name. Uh, what was their name? Uh, anyway, we like Charles had played their captain before at the first kill team event because yeah, it was Ad McMirror, but effectively, they had hunter clades, novitiates, and pathfinders. So we assumed their pathfinders would be defenders because pretty much everyone was putting the pathfinders as defenders. Uh, I won the roll off again. I rolled a three, and then I was like, "Oh, this is dicey, guys." They rolled a two, and I was like, yeah, six for six. Um So Charles had to pick either pathfinders or uh, novitiates. Novitiates. Yeah. So obviously, pick yeah, novitiates.
2: I, I, I took novitiates because I thought it would be a better match up. But the, uh, the interesting thing was, their captain, um, because we'd played in the first kill team event, everyone he assumed thought I would be have... running. Yeah, he thought I was going to be running the Forge World team. And when he turned up the table, I'm like, oh, I'm playing Veteran Guard. He's like, oh, we we planned on you playing Forge World and not Veteran Guardsman.
0: Yeah, so that it's... that
2: threw them for a little bit of a loop.
0: Yeah, because they had been apparently like uh, t- telling like their novitiate player like all the tricks to be admic, and I was like, it's all useless. But um, but uh, I was paired against the Pathfinder player, and Alex was into the Vet Guard. So for my game, I was it was once again secure archaeotech. I was like, oh, this is going to be tough. He picked twelve guys, including the recon drone. I went thirteen, as always with double iron, uh, double iron rifles. Uh, he he was the attacker. I picked the drop zone that was easier for me to run out of. Also had advantage. It didn't have vantage point, but it was easier to run out of. And he was like, "Cool, uh, I'm gonna," because I knew he was gonna pick change order for his scouting because he had the dash. So I was like. He goes, cool, I pick change order. Cool, I pick extra barricade. And he's like, why, why would you pick the extra barricade? He's like, because I'm going to put at the back line of my drop zone here, and now you're going first. And he's like, oh. Um, so yeah, he, I made him go first, and then effectively I was able to he just par he like passed with his uh, recon drone didn't switch it to engage he was running a Markalite bomb so his like lead his medic had the orbital to Mark-A-Light thing and he was running faction Tacop op one but he had marker five of my guys and then he, he no, six of them and he only needed no he, marker like six he needed one more to um to get his Tacops. ops but effectively I ran. My one of my gunners with the iron rifle out shot, overcharged, spent a CP for a reroll, took one overheat, but knocked one of his guys down to two wounds. Then he shot back and killed me, and then I he suicided, ran a guy onto the point into the open to claim it. So then I shot forward my other gun drone with a mark, well my other my gun drone with a marker light token killed him, and then he sniped back, and he was like, "Oh damn, I've just removed two marker light tokens." I was like, "Yep." And you're also out of Markolites, so you cannot score Faction Attack up one this turn. And he was like, uh... And he'd also, like, misplayed. He had moved his Grenadier up the right flank, but, like, two inches away from terrain. So then I just, like, switched a normal guy to engage, shot him apart. Uh, turning point two, he finally used the Recon Drone with the drone controller to do Vantage. And I was like, cool. Five Markolites dead. Uh, he had his, his Marker Drone that was two inches away from terrain, I switched my sniper to engage, blew him up, ran away. And yeah, by turning point end of turning point two, I'd killed like pff, eight pathfinders. No. Uh five uh, seven pathfinders. Turning point three, I effectively wiped him out. Yeah, he had one guy left at the end of the game, but I maxed out primary. I didn't max out primary, I got like ten on the primary and maxed out my tac ops. Uh so I managed to like, yeah, comfortably win, but Mainly because he was playing the way I played Pathfinders originally, which was trying to markerlight and kill. But the problem is, it's a very—you have to plan out your markerlights against a big team because the problem is when you start moving guys onto the points, they're not actually or if you're shooting with them. Uh, but yeah, I managed to win that. But how how did uh, how did you do, Charles? Uh,
2: yeah, so uh, I was playing against the novitiates and um before we started he was like oh you, you do know how the faith points generation works i was like yeah, yeah you get three a turn and you, your lady can give you more and he's like oh no but do you know how the other bits work and it's the so the the faith point rule is a specific team rule um and it says like when a uh, when a novitiate with the x specialism does uh, x action or kills somebody you get a faith point back and it was like wait a second, this doesn't seem right, because all that, all those things on the card, those are only for narrative. Um, but apparently, because the rule is just a general team rule, it's always active no matter what gameplay you're playing, and the specialisms on the card just say is a specialist. Um, or it has a specialism, and that's what the rule references. It was like, oh, okay, so you're going to get a lot more faith points than I planned for originally. Um, and that's what Really, it came down to is their their faith points are very strong um he didn't have to use a lot of them, but the ones he did use were they came in clutch at times um but it was uh on nackmund no not of uh, vigilus train again it was it was all it was all the heavy it's all the heavy walls um all the heavy wall terrain, and it's just a nightmare, that terrain. Um, it is. Uh, we were playing uh, Awaken the Data Spirits? Uh, the one with the... Yeah, it's got the two firewall objectives and then the two claimable ones. Uh, I picked that one because I thought it's at least one I should be able to score points on it and then maybe swarm the objectives to stop him claiming them. Uh, it went very backwards and forwards at the start. He moved he took the lady with the crossbow, she jumped up on top of a building, uh, fired while concealed, but again, unfortunately he left her nowhere within an inch of terrain. So I hopped a sniper up onto a container and shot her back and she died. Um so the crossbow lady fired, killed one person, fired back, she died. So that was that was one of my main threats out of the way. He did take two of the flamers and the lady with the flaming mace. Um, they were, they were one of my next biggest worries because they can just do a lot of damage. Um, unfortunately with them, he didn't roll a single crit with the flamers. So none of the, there was no inferno damage that came out. But, um, again, the way the train was set up, we were all pretty much concealed from each other for most of it. He, he went round and split his forces around the flanks. Whereas I kind of covered my left flank, sent some to my right, but that kind of, Edged round the middle, um, it ended up being a slight loss to me. Um, due to if I if I'd made a, one or two decisions differently, um, I could have maybe either got a draw or got a one point win my way. But I was trying to, I was trying to, I really, I was trying to be clever and do, a, I say almost win harder. But I was like, if I do this, I can then do X. And not, I wasn't thinking, oh, if this fails, what happens if this fails? Um, and uh, one of my final actions, I'd given, I used my comms guy to give an action point to uh, one model when I should have given it to another model. So it had an extra move. But it was, uh, it came down to a very close game. He had, I think, three sisters left or two sisters left. And I had four guardsmen left. So it was a, a super close game. Um, but he managed to on the in, in the end of the game score a tack op and deny me a tack op, which put po- which popped him over, um popped his points over to the win. So unfortunately it was a loss, but it was a it was a the game at the end of the day, the novitiates are always a difficult team to face because even if they roll badly on a defense roll. They can reroll a dice. They can change a dice to a hit or a crit uh, or to a crit defense or a hit a normal defense. They're, they're very difficult to pin down. And when they're played well, they are just, they're just they're saved by their points. And the fact is, he could then earn additional points just meant he had spare faith points in the bank. But again, it was a really good game. It was a close loss. Um, if I could have got a win, it would have been great. But I was happy with it.
0: And uh wow. Alex, how did you do in your game? Because you were against the their captain who was using Hunter Claits.
1: Yes, um it was a, a very cagey game. I mean we we made a mistake early on that sort of eliminated part of the game. So we noticed there was two of the newer Knackman smoke vents. And one of them sat directly in the center of the board. Um, I had set two models up on a vantage point because uh, both the rocket boy and the sniper boy were on the vantage point. Because the idea was that the comms boy could move up behind a crate that was set up in the center of the board. Deactivate the smoke after the as the last thing I do in the turn. So it means at the start of the next turning point, I've got two guys up on, um, up on the vantage point that both shoot very well and can control that entire side of the board. But we forgot that the smoke was there. So actually what happened was the sniper was killed and the rocket boy was put down to two wounds um, by his special weapons, which shouldn't... Yeah, we shouldn't have been able to see each other. But we managed to sort of navigate around that. And although from the the start of the game i was at a poor position in terms of where some of my more important operatives were to deal damage i had inadvertently controlled um all the objectives on the board Uh, so it was a mission where if you control two objectives it gives you a point if you control a mission in your opponent's half, that also gives you a point. Um and there was there was something else that gave you a point. But although I was slowly losing models, I was ticking over on primary objectives very quickly. So I think after turning point one, I was um four two up. And then it went um 'Cause I scored uh Tacops, it went to seven four. So oh. it was already further ahead than I should have been, but then that sort of that was when I had traded a little bit too much away um, for the objective, so he was able to catch back up with I sort of forgot four, when I failed shock tactics in the beginning because the two main people I used to give me shock tactics are the sniper and the the rocket boy that both weren't actually able to do anything because of this smoke plume on the um in the in the center of the table there wasn't much that I could shoot it wasn't the greatest vantage point for me but I thought I had lost the game at the end of turning point two because I had three models left but what I wasn't looking at was the fact that my tactical objectives were ticking up each turn Um. Uh. so after her- after a-, a single horrendous round of shooting um, in the second turning point I had killed a whole bunch of stuff and pulled it a little bit back in my eyes but again still not noticing that my primary objectives were going up a lot quicker than his um, we ended up getting to the end of the game and I think I had two models left and I had, once we cashed in the TAC ops, he had only beat me by a point and I was I was actually pretty pleased by that because...
0: Oh, wow, yeah, that's super close.
1: Yeah, considering the start of the game where I lost two main operatives for no real trade, um the fact that I dominated the center of the board and the objectives was really, it was something we had both overlooked because he hadn't worked out how many points I got. So when we got to the end of the game and I told him how many points I I had, he was, he was definitely sweating. He was like, Oh no, this is, I might've actually lost this, (laughs) but yeah, it turns out with completing his, his, um, with max in the tack ops, he had scored a point more than I had. Uh. Um, but, Again, it was a very close game, and I'm sure had we not had the the problems with like the interactions with the terrain at the start of the game, that would have been another pretty reasonable win for me.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah, because mm. like that's a really tough opponent for you, but yeah, that that's nice. No, glad you had a good game. Uh, but yeah, uh, as you hear, we we did lose the final round one two, but to win the event we had to free o that round anyway so it was kind of like um it. i don't i don't think we could have ever free o'd well, we, them because if, they were just such a good we, team yeah
2: well before we went into the round we were like a 30 should win us the event on points a 2 3 possibly a win or come second um but yeah it was it was a strong it was a strong team um uh, we're seeing as they they were in the same bracket as in round five, so it's a it was a very good game um, overall.
0: Yeah, uh, and then as for the tournament summary as a whole, effectively, so I it is my fault. They had said <coughs> yeah. to us that 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 they think they were now ahead of us, and I was like, oh oh, let me calculate it out. And in my defence, it was. Day two, we played six games. You know, we travelled down on the Friday. I forgot to calculate a game, so I calculated two six-point wins, two four-point wins, and uh, one a point. loss. Uh, yeah. I completely forgot we got a third, a third uh,
2: four-point
0: f- win. One. Yeah. So we, I was like, "Damn, you guys think you guys are second and we're third. And so we were like chilling at the uh, chilling next to each other for the events, uh, for the prize, and they were like third place X team, and we we're like, "Oh, who the hell are those guys? We haven't even placed." We were like, damn, we didn't even podium. Because uh, we were like, we'd still had fun, but we were like, oh, podium would be hilarious, like really great. Uh, yep. And then second place, turned out it was us. And we were <laughs> like, I apologize to them, our opponents. And then I was like, oh my God, we won. Uh, yes. yeah, we've got a silver silver trophy. I have mine here. I don't know where you guys put your trophies. Yeah,
1: uh, mine is sitting yeah. on my, my bedroom table next to This, this is good.
0: Uh, it's next to my gold one. Um, but yeah, we came second. Uh, and yeah, Command Point came first. So they came with 29 points. We were 25 because effectively the guys we played had taken a game off of Command Point. Like the Hunter Clay player had beaten their Pathfinder player. um So they, yeah, so that's why if we had won the final game f- uh, for six points, we were on 24. We'd have gone to 30. Because I, I forgot mm. we were guaranteed a podium after round five because of our performance. Uh, but yeah, we were like, oh my gosh, I was really oh. happy because... Uh, I, I
2: mean, didn't... we were we were kind of more surprised because, um, no offense to Alex, we literally had to get Alex in at the last minute as a ringer. Yeah. And it was like, okay, Alex will do Alex will do whatever he can do. If he wins, he wins. If he loses, he loses. It doesn't matter. And yeah, just, well, the the round that we 3-0'd really pipped it for us.
0: Oh, yes. Um, um... Cause it was like, yeah, we were just going there for fun, and it was just an extra bonus that we somehow came second. Uh, Cause yeah, like it's literally pretty much all down to Alex. Cause yeah, we've told Alex so many cool. times, but if he didn't come, we wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have been able to do anything. Well, so. yeah, we wouldn't have been
2: able to. The most we could have done is played two games every round, if if that. Yeah, um, uh,
0: we might have probably been DQ'd from the event, um, and yeah, you know, it, even though like. For interesting facts from the tournament, because it's only recording teams, it's really hard to say what data there was. I think by the process of elimination, I was the only undefeated player and the only undefeated Pathfinder player. Because I'm the problem is some teams did go 2-1, but I'm pretty sure every team apart from like Command Point went zero and three once. The only thing is command point, each of their players lost so they two of them lost to us and then their other player lost to the guys we played um so i think i'm the under, only on like the best performing pathfinder player just by the process of elimination i'm not trying to brag it's just that's the only but, stats we can kind of get not trying to
2: brag uh,
0: i think charles was the best performing vet guard player as well uh because you were the only vet guard player to drop one game i believe like once mm. again yeah, we can't prove it, but we we think Charles was the uh, highest performing vet guard player. Um, but yeah, the the more interesting things were not a lot of people were running free compend uh, free bespoke teams. It was usually two bespoke and a compendium. Not everyone had free uh, had pathfinders. I think two thirds of the teams had a pathfinder player, uh, but that mm. wasn't the consensus. Obviously, a lot of the players were like we took pathfinders because every team needed a pathfinder player.
2: Yeah. Like I said as well, um most probably only about fifty percent of the teams there were highly competitive playing. Um there was a number probably about half the teams were being competitive, but they generally had like like two compendium or a compendium white dwarf and then an other faction. Um so the there was a there was a clear line in the room of people who were the going like us with three compendium factions going for the strength of list and people playing for a bit more fun
0: yeah pretty much uh but it was a very fun event overall i think this is from the london teams but the london teams were apparently the more competitive players because they came first we were london so second someone else came third and then i think london were fourth sixth and seventh or something like that so pretty good turnout for london because uh, it was a lot like generally we're the only ones who come down from London. It's really rare to get other Londoners down for some reason. Uh, but it was a nice, real spread. Everyone was really cool, but yeah, we had we had a lot of fun. It was uh, basically all thanks to Alex that we that we keep saying. You know, uh, Alex <laughs> yeah. was the MVP. He he really was the MVP.
1: Yeah. I, just, uh, yeah, I just had to turn up, and I I earned that title. Right.
0: <laughs> well, well, exactly. Well, it's because like the thing I mean, about team events, it's not about one player just win like. It's great having yeah. one player can one, win one every player game. player can't
2: carry a team?
0: Exactly, it's a team effort, and um, it's really impressive how quickly Alex picked up and played. Because you spent effectively spent day one of the tournament learning, learning matchups, and learning how to play. So, yeah, you know you've you've heard it before, Alex. But yeah, you're the best. You're the best. Yeah,
1: man. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you very much. It's much appreciated. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I had a wicked weekend and I ended up with a massive trophy. Well, yeah, so, you, you weren't expecting anything. You're going to turn yeah. up, play some games, and then yeah. you walk home with a second like, second place trophy. Exactly. Yeah, I, Honestly, was... I turned up because I knew I was getting Taco Bell.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to get Taco Bell and Nottingham next time. Taco Bell is actually pretty good. Uh, I've had it in London. It's literally pretty good, not bad. It's, it's, it's
2: this podcast is not sponsored by Taco Bell in any way, but if you want to. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. happily be
0: sponsored by Taco Bell. <laughs> I will wear the Taco Bell logo at every event if they would.
1: Oh, 100%. Uh, exactly. I mean, I'll even wear a, a Taco Bell hat, but that works fine. <laughs> this is
0: this is the future of Kill Team. Uh, yeah. oh, I also had another good thing, because I managed to see my my best friend Phil Kelly again. Because uh, as Charles knows, I keep seeing Phil Kelly every time I go to Warhammer World, probably because he works there. So just uh, another shout out to Phil Kelly, the the, the my bestest friend in all mm. the
2: world. One thing about the uh, event, because we had, um, so the events team had set up all the boards in advance and given them all missions. And what we found out when they put the pack up was there was a redacted board layout, which oh, yes. we, ass- we assumed would be the new one um and it was um we well we had a slight advantage um no being there on friday and kind of finding out the board layout of one of the boards and having getting a chance to play on it and play with the smokestack rules and also because i reviewed
0: that was because i reviewed Knackman so i knew what the rules were going to be but everyone found out a few days after me so
2: well, they found out on the day as well. <laughs> but, uh, but it was it was, it was, it was an article, but yeah, yeah, but the 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 smokestacks were a very interesting piece of terrain to play around um because they unlike the the smoke grenades that people already have, they have a two inch cloud. And if the cover line goes in and then out of the cloud, it's considered blocked, so it's not visible. Um and the it's the important thing is it's not visible. So things like marker lights don't work. Um, if you were trying to give a person an AP, it wouldn't work. Anything that requires invisibility, these smoke clouds blocked, which is very interesting. Um, but if you were just within that bubble, you were just in cover. So they were a very interesting piece of terrain, and I think they caught a few people out on stuff. And, well, like in Alex's game, where they kind of completely forgot that he shouldn't have been able to shoot across the board. Um, it's just because it was such new terrain, um, people just weren't fully thinking about it well it was, i would just, uh, I'd just like
0: to thank myself for that because they set up the boards because we were like we got there at two uh, and they were like first set up not terry's board like cool we'll play that and then i noticed them setting up the Nakman board and i was like charles let's play on that he's like nah it's fine i was like nah let's play on it let's play on it uh so thank you me uh as again i was, <laughs> I was right it's very difficult being me uh but no it's really good we played on it
2: it's very it was, difficult being humble i believe uh yes yes no
0: but it's like yeah i was like I, I instantly learned I can play around Nakmund but Charles couldn't. So Charles was like, "Yeah, oh, no."
2: Man. I, I, the the problem you have with it is if you're on the side that has smoke clouds, you have to spend an action turning them off, and then it gives your opponent a chance to shoot back. So, but with, with the tower where you can things like do like the double activates, you can kind of get around it. But it's a, they are very interesting to use.
0: No, yeah, yeah, but it was an overall super fun event. We sent our feedback back. I think the only the only things I didn't like were the, the pack was the problem was it was like it felt like they had just slightly changed a single player pack because it would reference you to pages that didn't didn't do anything. Um yeah. the only thing I didn't like that was outside of the control was the implementation of the data slate after list submission, because normally events would go. Uh, yeah.
2: The, the, problem, the problem was, originally, the it wasn't going to be in use because it, it came out a week before the event. But then one of the rules was a core rule that had already been asked questions about and feedback had been given by the events team. So they yeah. were like, well, we'll be using this core rule and we'll be using the Pathfinder one. And those are the only rules we'll be using from the pack. Um, they're the two that have the biggest impact from it, but it was one of those ones of you could have you should have maybe done one or the other but it was done it, it only really affected the pathfinder players but john did you even use a worthy cause at all
0: uh, i so as i said i used it once so i was gonna talk yeah. about this next uh so the pathfinder effects had no effect on me these changes i would actually say they made me play better because i i wasn't really abusing a worthy cause to begin with uh, i'm now using 13 models over 12 because i'm like I there's no real point in me taking the recon drone unless I massively outnumber someone. And it's better having 13 bodies because you will now outnumber everyone apart from Vet Guard. So yeah. uh as I said, I was as I was discussing with like the other players I've beaten. Uh and it, like the command point guys were the, the same. They were like, um it, it's that what they need to change is the roster size. Like I, I'm vehemently behind the roster size to drop to a leader and, uh, 10, and ten operatives. So you have yeah. 11 altogether to the 13. I know a lot of Pathfinder players get very upset when I mention that. But uh, otherwise, that th- these changes had no effect on me. Um, might have been... There was like one game where I probably wouldn't have been able to use the heavy Marker Light. And there were like one or two games where I wouldn't have got a second grenade with my Grenadier. But I play my Grenadier as it will throw one grenade. And then anything after that is a bonus. He either like throws a second grenade or goes and interrupts points. Like that's, that's what he does. And even then... I can go EMP fusion or fusion EMP, so it had no effect mm. on me. Um, yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, as I said, there was only one instance of needing to use a worthy cause the entire tournament. Uh, but that, that's pretty much it. Uh, otherwise, um, uh, we'll be we'll be back with more stuff soon. Uh, we've, we, funnily enough, we wanted to do a ad mech how to play guide, but then now that with this data slate rule, which I'm pretty sure Warhammer Ward are going to enforce, are like uh, because you know in the data site, it says like compend- these compendium teams are highly recommended not to be used anymore because of their
2: well it's it's recommended ambitions. that you replace the compendium team with the corresponding white dwarf team
0: that they have mentioned um, so it yeah. kind of feels a bit pointless to put out how to play admech when I know now i now know most tournaments aren't going to be able to play Admech because they'll just say you have to use vetguard uh, not thatguard Vet hunterclades so yeah. but, but we'll be back with more kill team content the thing is like literally COVID. uh but once again thank you for charles and alex i hope you enjoyed your time on the podcast was it wasn't
1: too long Yeah, thanks, for thanks for thank you very yeah. much uh
0: and yeah that's pretty much it from us we'll be back soon you know let us know what you like uh comment stuff all that stuff but remember even as part of a team you can still always roll a crit goodbye